Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. I am a sauce girl through and through. Life is better with sauces, dressings, and dips. I had a request on Instagram for a sauce episode, and I am so happy to oblige. So let's get saucy and talk 10 easy, adaptable, no-cook sauces to jazz up your everyday meals in the spring and summer and how to make them super flavorful. Does cooking feel like a struggle more often than you want to admit? Do school lunches get boring after the third week and even cereal for breakfast sometimes feels like too much effort? let alone feeding yourself and your family meals with vegetables they'll actually eat? If you're a busy mama like me, you can probably relate. I'm Chris Dovniak, and welcome to My Healthy Mama Kitchen. I'm a trained chef, culinary nutritionist, and mama of two, and I'm here to guide you in making healthy eating easy and accessible by simplifying your meal plan, demystifying meal prep, taking the stress out of weeknight dinners, and helping you learn to cook your family delicious, nutrient-dense meals along the way, without spending hours in the kitchen or thousands of dollars a month at Whole Foods. In this podcast, I'm here to share my best tips, tools, and hacks for your real-life Healthy Mama kitchen with a side of humor and sometimes a little bit of spice. So grab your favorite apron and let's get cooking. Welcome back to the Healthy Mama Kitchen Podcast. If you found me through the Healthy Mama Grocery Guide series, I'm Chris. I'm a trained chef, a busy mom, and a recipe developer, and I love talking all things food especially food that busy people can make. Because despite my culinary training, I don't have a lot of time to prepare meals. Yes, I'm developing recipes during the day, but when it comes down to actual dinner time, I have about as little time as most of you. So I love sharing options that are going to add a ton of flavor to your meals without a ton of time or effort, especially things you might be able to make ahead to save yourself even more time. So let's talk sauce. This has actually been on my list for a while, and when I got the request, I knew I needed to dive into all things sauces. Sauces can take any food, especially bowls, one of my favorite meals, from an average pile of food on a plate or a bowl to a delicious restaurant-worthy meal, and they don't have to be complicated. Since we are coming into warm weather today, we're going to talk about cold sauces, dressings, and dippers. Not dips specifically, because that could be its own episode. We'll do another episode when the weather gets cooler and talk about warm and cooked sauces. But for today, let's talk about cool sauces to jazz up your warm weather meals. 
The reason I love cool sauces is because sauces can oftentimes be very interchangeable. Almost any cool sauce can be made into a marinade or a salad dressing or vice versa. Of course, you don't want to take any meat that you've been marinating and take that sauce and put it on the side. Please don't do that. I've seen people do that. Don't do that. It's not safe. (laughs) But oftentimes, the same sauce you use as a salad dressing can turn into a marinade. The same sauce that was a marinade can turn into a, or that would be a marinade, can turn into a salad dressing or a drizzle on top of whatever bowl you might be making. So I want to share with you 10 of my favorite base cool sauces and a couple bonuses so we can create flavorful meals all summer long without a ton of extra effort. I think homemade sauces are one of those areas you shouldn't skimp on because they can make such a big difference in your cooking. Now, can you buy store-bought sauces that are great? Yeah, there are some awesome store-bought sauces, but they oftentimes are very expensive. And all you need for most of these sauces is either a bowl or a small blender. So most of us have that. You can also use an immersion blender. It doesn't get much simpler than that. And you know, I'm a fan of shortcuts, so it's all good if you want to buy shortcut sauces on occasion. But if you have the five minutes, let's make some sauces. My first sauce I want to talk to you about is probably my personal favorite, and that is a yogurt sauce. Now, the first thing you want to know with a yogurt sauce is you want to use a full fat yogurt. This is going to give it the best texture. And I recommend a Greek yogurt. So the thickest Greek yogurt you can get. My absolute favorite Greek yogurt is by the brand Cabot. Their Cabot full fat yogurt is the creamiest, dreamiest yogurt. I don't need anything on it. I will just eat it with a spoon, but it also makes the most fabulous yogurt sauce. Now, if you are dairy-free, you can definitely use a dairy-free yogurt. Just make sure you are using an unsweetened dairy-free yogurt. So my basic formula for a yogurt sauce, so many people think of tzatziki sauce when they think of yogurt sauce, and that's just one yogurt sauce. I love doing an herby yogurt sauce with basically any herbs I have on hand. So the way I started out is I always juice half to a whole lemon, depending on how much sauce I want to make, half of a lemon, and then I grate my garlic directly into the lemon juice and let it sit for a couple minutes. This mellows out the garlic flavor so it's not as harsh, but it still gives you that really great garlic flavor. To that, I will add in my fresh chopped herbs. My favorites are cilantro, parsley, mint, you can do basil, you can even do tarragon. Think about what dish you're serving it with and add some of those herbs to the yogurt sauce. Of course, I forgot dill. That's one of my favorites as well. So I'll add in the fresh herbs, about a tablespoon of olive oil, about a half to two-thirds of a cup of yogurt for that half of a lemon. For a full lemon and two cloves of garlic, you want to do a full cup of yogurt. Some salt, a good amount of salt. With any sauce, you want to add a little bit more salt than you think. The reason is your sauce is what is making your dish, whether that be a salad or a bowl or a marinade, flavorful. So you want an extra pop of flavor. And that small amount of sauce, that taste that you're tasting, is not your full dish. It's adding a pop of flavor or it's infusing flavor into the lettuce, into the meat, into the tofu, whatever you're using it for. So you want it a little bit over seasoned. And I will rarely give you advice to 
over-season things, you don't want to just dump in a bunch of salt into anything. You want to layer seasoning. But with sauces, you want to make sure you have enough so it's doing the sauce or the dip is doing what you want it to do, adding that pop of flavor. For a tzatziki sauce, I take some cucumbers. Any sort of seedless cucumber will work, but I use Persian cucumbers and I grate them with a fine grater. You can also use your food processor for this and then place them on top of a couple of folded paper towels, sprinkle with a little bit of salt, and I let that drain over a bowl for probably 10 to 15 minutes and then squeeze out the excess water. This prevents the tzatziki sauce from being extra watery because cucumbers are full of water. Then I add the cucumbers in there with the chopped fresh dill. So same ingredients, lemon juice, garlic, yogurt, olive oil, salt, fresh herbs, in this case, dill and tzatziki. Super easy. You can serve this. You can actually make this into a marinade. I wouldn't make the tzatziki into a marinade because the cucumbers make it kind of difficult to stick. But I use a basic yogurt sauce as a marinade for chicken, for pork. It works really well with anything you're going to grill. I have a Greek chicken marinade that is very similar to this, but I use dried herbs, which is also an option. I wouldn't use dried herbs for your drizzling sauce on top of your bowl or for, you know, maybe you're making a Greek wrap or a pork souvlaki wrap. I would use the fresh herbs for that. But if you're just making a marinade, you can also use some dried herbs in place of your fresh herbs as well. So that recipe is on my website. I will go ahead and link any of the recipes that are on my website that I have shared with you. Any recipes that aren't on my website, I can pretty much guarantee are in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. So I almost always have a yogurt sauce in my fridge for putting it on top of bowls, on top of wraps, or as a marinade. Number two, tahini sauce. Oh, I love a good tahini sauce. My basic tahini sauce recipe for a small amount of tahini sauce is just a quarter cup of tahini, one tablespoon of fresh squeezed lemon juice or apple cider vinegar, a half teaspoon of cumin, one small clove of minced garlic, and sea salt to taste, and then you thin it out with some water. So this works great with any sort of bowl recipe, especially Middle Eastern inspired bowls, Mediterranean style bowls. But you can also mix this up and use orange juice instead of lemon juice and a little bit of orange zest and make an orange tahini sauce. I love an Asian inspired miso maple tahini sauce. Remember that tahini is sesame seed paste. It's like sesame seed butter, just like peanut butter is to peanuts. Tahini is to sesame seeds. So I will do a third of a cup of tahini two tablespoons of white miso paste. If you've never used miso paste, it's what miso soup is made from. It is a little bit tangy and a little bit or a lot of bit salty. And if you add that, it has this beautiful umami flavor. If you add that to the tahini along with two tablespoons of maple syrup, a tablespoon of tamari, soy sauce, or coconut aminos, if you use coconut aminos, I would reduce that maple syrup to one tablespoon and then adjust as you would like to because coconut aminos tend to be a little bit sweeter, but they are a soy-free alternative to tamari or soy sauce. Tamari is a different style of soy sauce. It's a Japanese soy sauce, and it's typically typically has a little bit less sodium and it doesn't have wheat in it compared to your traditional soy sauce. To that, I add one tablespoon rice vinegar or lemon juice, a half of a teaspoon of grated fresh ginger. You could also use dried ginger, but I highly recommend grated fresh ginger. A pinch of sea salt if you need it a little bit saltier. And if you want a little bit of spice, a pinch of red pepper flakes. 
that combination is just so delicious and works so well on any Asian-inspired bowl, or it also works as a salad dressing if you just thin it out with a little bit of water. I also love making a green tahini sauce. So I take my traditional tahini sauce, tahini, lemon juice, cumin, garlic, sea salt, water, and I blend it with fresh herbs. So typically I do cilantro and parsley, blend that up, and you have a green tahini sauce that works as a drizzling sauce, or it also works as a salad dressing. Sauce number three, let's talk about the vinaigrette. The vinaigrette is so easy and so versatile. My cooking class kids love making vinaigrettes at home for their families because it's one of the easiest things that they can make and really jazz up their meals at home. So for those of you who don't know, the basic ratio for a vinaigrette is three to one. Three tablespoons of oil to one tablespoon of vinegar. The way to mix this up is to change out the types of vinegar. So typically I use olive oil. You can use any sort of neutral oil with this as well if you don't want the olive oil flavor. So avocado oil is a good option. Then you're going to add whatever vinegar you want to start to change the flavor of your vinaigrette. So my go-to is a third of a cup of olive oil, two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar, one teaspoon of Dijon mustard, one to two teaspoons of honey, a quarter teaspoon of sea salt, and then I like adding a heaping tablespoon of mayonnaise. I prefer an avocado oil-based mayonnaise, and I blend this up with an immersion blender, but you can also just shake this up in a mason jar. The reason I add mayonnaise, even though this is a vinaigrette, is it is an emulsifier. So when you add mayonnaise, it makes it a little bit creamy, but it helps the oil and the vinegar to stay together. You do not need to use a mayonnaise for your salad dressing, but it does help to keep it together. Just know that it might separate. You're going to have to shake it before you put it on your salad if you don't use any sort of emulsifier. So how do we switch this up? We switch up the vinegar. So a white wine vinegar, maybe add some shallots to that. You could add a little bit more Dijon mustard, makes it more of a French style vinaigrette. Add some red wine vinegar or replace the apple cider vinegar with red wine vinegar. Add some oregano and some garlic and you have a Mediterranean inspired vinaigrette. Add balsamic vinegar and garlic and Italian seasoning and you have a balsamic vinaigrette. I also love taking my basic recipe, blending in herbs, just like with the green tahini I mentioned, or I like to make an Italian vinaigrette with some Parmesan cheese by taking that go-to, that third of a cup of olive oil, using two tablespoons of white wine vinegar. You could also use red wine vinegar. And then I add a tablespoon of lemon juice. So this is a little bit on the vinegary side. And then I add in, I usually skip the Dijon mustard. You can add the Dijon mustard. I add two tablespoons of Parmesan. I add Italian seasoning. And I add a little bit of banana pepper juice. You can also use red pepper flakes to that as well. A little drizzle of honey will balance it out with a little bit of sweetness. I don't add any mayonnaise to this because it does emulsify pretty well with that Parmesan cheese. Of course, that pinch of sea salt. It is delicious. My family really likes that one as well. So the nice thing about a vinaigrette is any of those vinaigrettes I mentioned are perfect for a salad dressing and also perfect for a marinade. So I will use the balsamic marinade on chicken, on pork, on steak. I have a balsamic marinated steak recipe 
with peaches and blue cheese coming to the Healthy Mama Cooking Club next month. That blended herb vinaigrette I mentioned works really well as a chicken marinade. I have a Dijon herb vinaigrette that works as a chicken marinade coming to the Healthy Mama Cooking Club spring, not spring, summer family meal plan. The red wine vinaigrette works really well on chicken as well. So does the Italian vinaigrette, chicken or steak. So any of these vinaigrettes can be very easily turned into a marinade. So maybe you use it for a salad one night, the next night you use it for a marinade. Number four, let's talk ranch. I love ranch, and I think ranch gets such a bad rap, and I am not a huge fan of the store-bought ranch. But I love a creamy dressing, and I hope that we're in a place now where we can accept and love ourselves for being creamy dressing lovers. No more dressing on the side, okay? We're going to love creamy dressings together, and we're going to make them at home. So the basic ranch formula is mayonnaise and sour cream. You could also use Greek yogurt instead. If you want a buttermilk ranch, use buttermilk, or you can use heavy cream or half and half. Half and half is much thinner than heavy cream, so you want to use a little bit less. Garlic powder, onion powder, salt, apple cider vinegar. You can also use lemon juice instead, and then you want your herbs. So I use fresh chives, dried dill, and dried parsley. You can also use the fresh herbs as well. And that makes up my herb buttermilk ranch. My nine-year-old called it my herbaceous ranch the other day. And I don't know where she got that word, but I think I need to change the name. So that is a go-to recipe in our house. We use it for cob salads. We also use it as the dressing for my BLT pasta salad, which I just put on my website as well. So we love that dressing. It's also really delicious as a chicken marinade. If you are going to make chicken tenders, I highly recommend you marinate it in the buttermilk ranch. And then the next day, you can bread it and cook it as you would. I like to sear my chicken tenders in a pan first and then finish them in the oven. I think it keeps them the most moist and you get the best crisp out of them rather than just baking them. You can also bake them or put them in the air fryer as well. So I love that herb buttermilk ranch or the herbaceous ranch a la sage. So the next one I love is my chipotle ranch. So I will use this as a salad dressing. I have it as a salad dressing on a different pasta salad in the summer family cookbook for the cooking club. That's coming up, but it's great as a salad dressing. It's also really great as a drizzle on any sort of taco. So I have a mango shrimp taco in the cooking club where we use that as the drizzle. And the only differences are instead of buttermilk, I use heavy cream. I use lime juice instead of apple cider vinegar. And I use a tablespoon of chopped canned chipotles. You could use dried chipotles, but I don't think it has the same effect. It's very simple and super delicious. And lastly, the brand new dressing uh, my family is obsessed with, especially my five-year-old, is my jalapeno cilantro ranch. This one is going to be a cooking club exclusive. I know I don't love sharing recipes with you that are only cooking club, but this one, it's worth it. Come Join for $3 a month just for this recipe. Okay. My five-year-old now calls it her favorite dressing. So the only differences between my buttermilk ranch and the jalapeno cilantro, actually the chipotle ranch is closer to the jalapeno cilantro ranch. It's mayo and sour cream or Greek yogurt. I use heavy cream instead of buttermilk, lime juice, and instead of the herbs, I use one tablespoon of chopped jalapeno. I de-seed it so it's not super spicy. 
at all. It just has the slightest bit of spice. You can add more jalapeno if you want more jalapeno flavor and two heaping tablespoons of chopped fresh cilantro. Blend that up and all of those dressing recipes, I just use my Nutribullet. You can also use an immersion blender and it comes together very quickly. So all you need is mayo, sour cream or Greek yogurt, garlic powder, onion powder, salt, some sort of acid, and then fresh herbs and or chipotle jalapeno, whatever you want to add to that. Homemade ranch is so simple and it will jazz up any of your meals. We always have at least one of those, if not two, on hand in my fridge right now. I actually just threw away like two tablespoons of the chipotle ranch we didn't get to, but we have the herb buttermilk ranch and the jalapeno cilantro ranch. And last night, my five-year-old dipped her meatballs into the jalapeno cilantro ranch and then drank the rest of the ranch. So that's how good it is. (laughs) Okay, the next two sauces center around mayonnaise, as I guess does the ranch recipe as well. So I want to take a brief moment and talk about my love of mayonnaise. (laughs) So in culinary school, we had to learn how to make homemade mayonnaise, and we had to first learn how to make it by hand. So mayonnaise, for any of you who are like, you know, back in the 90s, everyone was afraid of anything creamy because there was that whole, like, everyone was afraid of fat, and then we were like, oh, wait, we actually need fat, and it helps us to absorb nutrients. And oh, also, it makes food taste delicious, and food does not have the same mouthfeel without enough fat. So we used to be afraid of mayonnaise, right? And there's a lot of mayonnaises out there that don't have great ingredients in them. But you can make your own homemade mayonnaise very easily. If you do not want to make your own homemade mayonnaise, then you can absolutely buy mayonnaise at the store. My favorite brands are Primal Kitchen and Chosen Foods. They are not inexpensive. You can get the Chosen Foods mayonnaise at Costco. But back to my original point, we had to learn how to make mayonnaise by hand. So mayonnaise is an egg yolk. Sometimes people use a full egg. I use a full egg. I'm not afraid of using a raw egg when I make homemade mayonnaise. It does The egg white helps it to emulsify better. So it's an egg yolk. And then little bit of Dijon mustard, a little bit of lemon juice or vinegar. You whisk that together and you slowly whisk in oil. It takes about 2,000 hours to whisk it by hand. (laughs) I'm kidding, but it takes a long time and a lot of arm strength to whisk it by hand. But if you do it right, you have an emulsion. An emulsion is simply the dispersion of one liquid into another ingredient that is normally not soluble. So two things that normally wouldn't mix well together, like oil and vinegar, right? So when you add that egg yolk to it and you use the force of whisking or a food processor, it emulsifies that oil with the egg yolk and the vinegar and creates a beautiful sauce, a mayonnaise. or Anaoli. Anaoli is similar to a mayonnaise. The name means garlic and oil. It's the Provencal equivalent of mayonnaise. And it's just egg yolks, olive oil, garlic, and salt. So it's a little bit different. And it's usually served more as a dip for raw vegetables or steamed crudite. So I like to make what I like to call a cheater aioli because most people think of aioli as mayonnaise and garlic, which it Kind of is, but like I said, it is a sauce in and of itself. But you can take any mayonnaise and make it into an aioli feeling sauce just by adding garlic and whatever other ingredients you want to add 
to it. So Le Grand Aeoli is a classic Provencal meal where you do vegetables and steamed seafood, and it centers around a very lemony, very garlicky aioli. So a lemon garlic aioli or a lemon garlic sauce is one of my favorites to make. This is very similar to tum, which is a Middle Eastern garlic sauce. And I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing this incorrectly. I think it's tuum. So I apologize if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly. It's basically an entire head, if not more, of garlic blended with olive oil and lemon juice. And it is it's one of my favorite things on the entire planet. It is so good. And I know I am combining mayonnaise and aioli and chewum, but they're all sort of related. So I have a lemon garlic sauce recipe that I like to serve over steamed or roasted asparagus. It also works really great as a vegetable dip or as a sauce for any sort of Mediterranean bowl. I like to serve it as a sauce with my Greek meatballs, with a quinoa tabbouleh, So that's more of like a Middle Eastern style, very, very garlicky sauce. I mean, I only use the juice of half of a lemon and two to three cloves of garlic and about a third of a cup of mayonnaise. So it's very lemony, very garlicky, but it's a little bit toned down compared to how garlicky your traditional tuum is, which I love, but I know not everyone does. And my kids love garlic, but they're not they're not that huge fans of garlic. So Lemon garlic sauce, or tuum, is one of the sauces. It's very easy to make yourself in a food processor. Traditionally, it's made with a mortar and pestle, but that obviously takes a lot more time. Um, And then you can also make an aioli, a traditional aioli, or like I like to do a cheater aioli. So essentially, I just mince some fresh garlic and I always use my microplane because I cannot be bothered to use a garlic press or to chop my own garlic. I mean, come on, when you have a microplane, you don't need to. Makes garlic so much easier. So get yourself a microplane if you don't have one. So I just whisk some microplaned fresh garlic along with one of my favorite, really good quality mayonnaises or homemade mayonnaise. You have a garlic aioli. And then I like to make a sriracha aioli, add in sriracha, which is a chili garlic sauce. And I will also add a little bit of lime juice to that as well. You could also use gochujang instead and use that. A Dijon aioli is delicious as well. And any of these, because they are emulsions, make an excellent marinade as well. I mean, the sky is the limit here. Use some of that leftover chipotle from the Chipotle Ranch to make a chipotle mayo or a chipotle aioli. I like doing half pesto, half mayo for a pesto mayo or a pesto dipping sauce, a creamy pesto dipping sauce. You can make a horseradish aioli. I use that for uh, roast beef sandwiches when I make sandwiches. You can do a truffle aioli and just whisk in some truffle oil. You don't need to use like fresh shaved truffles. I don't have the budget for that. Or make an herb aioli by blending some mayonnaise with fresh herbs and some garlic. Mayo is probably your key to creamy sauces. And by the way, I just want to remind everyone that mayo is dairy-free. I can't tell you how many people tell me that they can't eat mayo because it's dairy because it's dairy-based. It I just told you the ingredients. It is not dairy-based. There is no there is no dairy in mayo. It does contain eggs. You can get a vegan egg-free mayo. Um but it does contain eggs. But eggs are not dairy. Eggs are from chickens. Dairy is milk. But I get the misconception because it is creamy. 
But if, even if you are not a person who loves super mayonnaise-heavy salads and things like that, like if you're not a huge potato salad or mayonnaise pasta salad or mayonnaise chicken salad kind of person, I highly recommend you try making your own mayo-based sauces instead and look for a mayo you enjoy. I do not like the very sugary, like Miracle Whip style mayos. To me, they ruin what mayonnaise should be, which is that classic emulsion of egg yolk, neutral oil, Dijon, and vinegar. And salt, of course. Always salt. Okay, so that is my mayonnaise soapbox. I'm going to get off of that, and we're going to depart from mayonnaise for a while. Actually, for the rest of, for the rest of this episode, because <laughs> we have four more and then a couple bonuses. I want to talk about teriyaki sauce and or teriyaki marinade. This is a Japanese seasoning, and the traditional Japanese seasoning only calls for soy sauce, mirin, which is sweetened rice wine, and sugar. That's traditional. Sometimes I've seen people use sake as well, but it can be used as a marinade or as a sauce. I like to add a little bit more depth to it. So I will do, I don't use mirin because I know most people don't have mirin in their repertoire. So I use soy sauce, brown sugar, and honey and rice vinegar as my base. I also add garlic and ginger to it. And this is a very simple marinade you can use for chicken, for steak, for pork, for tofu, for tempeh. And you can marinate at least a couple hours in the teriyaki sauce. Oh, I also love it on salmon, but you don't want to marinate very long for salmon, probably only 15 to 20 minutes. So you can marinate it in that, and then you can grill it, you can pan sear it, you can bake it. And then you can also take that same sauce blend and turn it into a drizzling sauce as well. Don't take the one that you use to marinate again, but if you want to split it in half, so make a double portion, split it in half, add it to a saucepan, slowly bring it to a simmer, whisk in some cornstarch. You want to whisk the cornstarch with a little bit of cold liquid first. Whisk in that cornstarch and simmer it until it's thickened. So any sauces, this mostly, it mostly applies to your hot sauces, but any sauce is a sauce if it coats the back of a spoon. So this works so well for any Asian-inspired meals. So just making a very simple teriyaki marinade, save half of it to turn into a sauce, marinate whatever protein you want to, cook up some rice, roast up some broccoli, maybe cook up some edamame, shred up some carrots, better yet, quick pickle those carrots in a little bit of rice vinegar and a little bit of salt and a little bit of sugar. So good. Create an easy bowl and drizzle it with some more teriyaki sauce over the top or make my miso maple tahini sauce. Oh my gosh, you guys, such a good meal. And again, very simple. Next up, we're going to go back to another creamy sauce and we're going to talk about a Mexican crema. Crema itself is similar to sour cream, but it's thinner, a little more tangy, and a little bit salty. You can find it in stores. You can buy Mexican crema, but it's very simple to make at home. You can just combine sour cream with heavy cream and lime juice. You can also use a buttermilk with the sour cream instead of the lime juice, but I like the lime flavor. And you just allow it to sit at room temperature for a few hours, and it will turn into this like dreamy sauce. Now, if you don't have a few hours, I like to make an easy 
cheater crema, similar to the cheater aioli. You're just kind of skipping some steps. You don't need any waiting time. So it's sour cream, heavy cream, lime juice, garlic if you want. And you're going to want to add a significant amount of lime juice to thin it out. And because the process of letting it sit at room temperature for a few hours sours the cream. So it's taking that heavy cream and turning it into a thick, creamy, soured cream, which now that I'm saying it does not sound as beautifully delicious as it is. It is so ridiculously delicious on any sort of tacos, fajitas. It is like an all-purpose creamy sauce to add to any of your Mexican, Hispanic-inspired dishes. So I love a good crema, and I also love to make an avocado crema. So I blend one ripe avocado with a half of a cup of sour cream or Greek yogurt, a small clove of minced garlic, cumin, lime juice, salt, chopped cilantro, and a little bit of chopped jalapeno. And I like to serve this with my blackened fish tacos with a really simple honey lime slaw. This is one of my family's favorite meals when we have fresh white fish. I make my own homemade blackened seasoning. Another thing I think you can make at home for much less than you can buy in the store is homemade seasonings, but that's a whole other episode. Number nine, pesto. Oh, I love pesto so much. I was actually waxing poetic, sharing my love of pesto with a friend yesterday. But the classic pesto we think of is a Genovese pesto. It's basil, pine nuts, olive oil, garlic, and Parmesan. But literally anything can be a pesto. I love to change up the nuts to make it a little bit less expensive. Pine nuts are delicious, but almonds are much less expensive. So are walnuts, so are cashews. You can use any of those. For the base to your pesto, it is a nut-based sauce. It is very hard to make a pesto without nuts, but you can do a seed-based pesto as well. I like using pumpkin seeds or sunflower seeds, but they do tend to be a bit stronger in flavor than your more neutral nuts like almonds or cashews. So just note that. And you don't need to put dairy in your pesto either. Even though the traditional Genovese pesto has fresh grated Parmesan cheese, you can leave the Parmesan out. And as long as you're using enough salt to balance out those flavors, I don't think you need dairy in your pesto. So basically, you are grinding up your nuts or using a mortar and pestle, adding in fresh herbs. So basil is traditional, but parsley pesto is delicious. You can make an arugula pesto, which is peppery, cilantro pesto. Any fresh herbs or a combination can be made into a pesto. Obviously, the flavor changes the more that you add to it in terms of herbs or the more herbs you switch up. So your traditional pesto doesn't always have lemon juice in it, but I like to add lemon juice especially for if you're especially if you're using a different herb other than basil because it helps to balance out the flavor of the herbs. So you need your nuts, you need your herbs, olive oil, parmesan if you want to use it, garlic is a must, and salt. So like I said, traditionally this is used this is made with a mortar and pestle, but I use a food processor. It's very easy. So basically, you're combining all of those ingredients except your olive oil, pulsing it, and then slowly streaming in your olive oil until you have a sauce. If you want it to be more of a dip, you can leave it thicker. If you want it to be more of a sauce that you would put on top of a 
pasta or something like that or drizzle over a bowl, then you can make it thinner. I love to use pesto half and half with mayonnaise for a chicken salad. I love using pesto itself as a marinade. So I will cover chicken, chicken breast or chicken thighs and grill and just marinate it for about 20 to 20 minutes to two hours and then grill that up. It is so good that way. And you can also add some extra nutrients to your pesto. This is obviously not traditional, but I have a spinach almond pesto on my website where I use half basil, half spinach. So you still have that beautiful green color and that basil flavor, but you're adding some extra nutrients and it's a little less expensive than using like an entire basil plant and pine nuts. Pesto can get very expensive. You can definitely make a delicious, more budget-friendly version. That is the one that I consistently use. And I also want to mention that you can make a nut-free pesto, but it's called a pistu, (laughs) pistu, pistu, pisto. I took four years of French, and you would never know. Anyway, it is a basil-based sauce with olive oil, salt, lemon juice, I believe. Honestly, I don't make it. I make pesto. But if you need to be nut-free, that is an option for you as well. Let's move on to our last sauce. And then I want to give you a couple bonus suggestions because I can't leave well enough alone, but I want to keep this episode at a reasonable length. All right, let's talk chimichurri. Chimichurri and zook. These are two other related sauces, but from different cultures. So chimichurri, first of all, is Is it not so fun to say? (laughs) Chimichurri is an Argentinian or Uruguayan herby spicy sauce usually served over grilled meat. And I also love to use it as a marinade. Basic ingredients are finely chopped parsley, sometimes cilantro. Sometimes I'll use a mix. Minced garlic, olive oil, dried oregano, red pepper flakes, which makes it spicy, but it also makes it easy for you to adjust for your family, and red wine vinegar. Essentially, you are just whisking a ton of parsley, typically at least one full head of parsley or cilantro or a mix with minced garlic, olive oil, oregano, red pepper flakes, red wine vinegar, and salt until it forms a sauce. And then you can adjust it as needed. It is salty. It is tangy. It is spicy. It is herby. It is everything I want in a sauce over my grilled meat. It's so good. I have two recipes in the cooking club coming up this summer with chimichurri. My kids don't like to put chimichurri directly on their steak when I grill steak. I love it. My husband loves it. Everyone I've served it to who is an adult loves it. So they're not a huge fan of it on top of steak, but they do like it as a marinade because it just makes the chicken. I use it as a chicken marinade. You can also use it as a steak or a pork marinade or tofu as well. But It makes the chicken a little tangy. It seasons it well, but it's not overly spicy. Now, zug, on the other hand, which I also love, is a Middle Eastern sauce. It is super herbaceous, just like your chimichurri. It typically uses cilantro as the main fresh herb, and then oftentimes Aleppo pepper. You could also use a jalapeno pepper instead and or red pepper flakes garlic, olive oil, and salt. Sometimes other spices are added like cardamom and cumin. Sometimes lemon juice is added to it as well. And some people will even add a little bit of sugar to balance out the flavor. But your traditional recipe is going to be a lot of cilantro, 
a lot of spicy peppers, a lot of garlic, some lemon juice, cumin, cardamom or coriander or both, a little bit of black pepper, salt, and olive oil. It is quite spicy because of the garlic and the hot pepper, but it is so delicious. So this is more of an adult sauce if your kids aren't into spice, but it is good on falafel. It's good on shawarma, any sort of grilled meat. It's great with vegetables. It's If you haven't tried it before and you like spice and garlic, it's definitely worth a try. Okay, before I sign off, I want to give you a couple bonus sauces that we love to make often in our house to add a ton of flavor to our foods. The first is Honey Dijon. We use this most often as a dipping sauce, but we literally just use a quarter of a cup of smooth Dijon mustard. You can use a grainy Dijon for a little bit of a switch up. You can do, it'll have some texture to it. I use the grainy mustard a lot in fall recipes. I have a honey mustard chicken bowl that's more of a fall style recipe in the cooking club, and uh, that one has gotten rave reviews. My family loves it too. So for this, for your dipping sauce, we'll use it for chicken tenders, homemade chicken tenders, or really my kids will, they love a good dipping sauce. So it's literally just a quarter cup of smooth Dijon mustard, two tablespoons of honey, and two tablespoons of mayo. And you can double, triple, quadruple this as much as you want to. The next quick sauce is a peanut sauce. Peanut sauce is delicious for chicken satay, any sort of Asian-style bowl. It's great to dip in summer rolls. My basic recipe is half of a cup of peanut butter. If you can't do peanut butter, do sun butter instead. Two tablespoons of tamari, soy sauce, or coconut aminos. And again, with coconut aminos, I would reduce the sweetener. I use one to two tablespoons of maple syrup as the sweetener. You can also use honey. One tablespoon of rice vinegar one tablespoon of lime juice, about two teaspoons of grated ginger, one to two cloves of minced garlic. I like a squirt of sriracha for some spice and a pinch of sea salt. And then to that, you want to add hot water and you slowly whisk it until it reaches your desired consistency. Then from there, you can adjust. You can add more vinegar if you want more vinegar, more lime juice if you want more lime juice, more ginger, more tamari. You can kind of switch it up from there. It works great as a drizzle sauce as a dipping sauce. And you can also use it as a marinade as well. I've used it for chicken before. I've used it for tofu before and grill, pan sear, or bake. My next bonus sauce is a cashew cream sauce. If you are dairy-free, I love making a cashew-based cream sauce. This works great as a dipping or drizzling sauce or it works as a sauce for hot meals as well. So my basic cashew cream sauce is on my website. It's just cashews, lemon juice, nutritional yeast, salt, garlic powder, and onion powder. And similar to the chipotle ranch I mentioned, I use chopped canned chipotles and lime juice in place of lemon juice and make it a chipotle cream sauce. The nutritional yeast makes it cheesy without any dairy. This one is one my kids absolutely love. And last but not least, let's talk homemade salsas because we're coming upon summertime and there are so many salsa options you can make at home. I love a traditional pico de gallo, which is just chopped tomatoes, chopped onion, chopped cilantro, lime juice, some salt mixed all together. Works great for tacos, tostadas, nachos, burritos burrito bowls, any sort of Mexican or Tex-Mex inspired meals. 
You can make a cooked salsa. I have a recipe in my Simply From Scratch ebook for salsa made with fresh tomatoes, onions, and jalapenos that you roast up. So in tomato season, salsa is a great sauce. You can make at home, use as a topping. And if you've never made slow-cooked salsa chicken, it's the easiest thing ever. Just add some chicken breast to a slow cooker, top it with a jar of salsa or about two cups worth of salsa, cook it on low for six to eight hours, shred it up, and you can use this in tacos, tostadas, burritos, burrito bowls. Very, very simple and very delicious as well. Salsa doesn't have to be made with tomatoes either. I love a good mango salsa or a pineapple salsa. I have a mango black bean confetti salsa that I serve at basically every summer event that I host, spring, summer, anytime it's warm. It's really delicious, and that's on my website as well. What you need to know when it comes to sauces, dressings, and dips is balancing flavors. Most, other than the salsas, most sauce dressing and dip recipes have some sort of oil or mayonnaise as the main component. This is going to give your sauce mouthfeel. Tahini, cashews, peanut butter, all counts for this as well. The three foundations of flavor are taste, texture, and temperature. You want your texture to be appealing. So if you're making a salsa, you want everything to be about the same size. So use a food processor or chop really finely. If you're making a chimichurri, you need to chop the heck out of those herbs. You don't want giant pieces of herbs in there. Use your blender if you have a blender. Use your immersion blender. Not for the chimichurri. I prefer not blended. But for any of the recipes where you need something blended really well, think of mouthfeel. Consider what would be most appealing. If everything's too chunky, I know people hate that word, but like, think about it. If you have a salsa where all you taste when you put it in your mouth is one giant piece of tomato, it's not going to be appealing. You want all of those flavors melded together. So use your tools, either your knife, your microplane, your whisk, your fork, your blender, your immersion blender to get that texture right. And then when it comes to taste, remember the five tastes, sweet, salty, bitter, sour, and umami. Not every sauce is going to have all five flavors, but most of them are going to. Balancing flavors is important. Remember when I mentioned you want your sauce to feel a little bit over-seasoned. Same with dressings, same with dips. A little over-seasoned because it's going to cover a larger surface area, typically, or be the part of your dish that adds a little pop. That doesn't mean it needs to be overly salty, just a little bit heavy on the seasoning. Now, adjust as you prefer and as you like, because I'm not in your kitchen. I'm not there with you. I'm not telling you to dump a teaspoon of salt in every one of your sauces. However, know that a little bit of over-seasoning when it comes to your sauce might do you well. If your sauce is too sweet, add a little bit of acid. If your salt is feeling like it's missing a little something, you're probably missing some acid. Add the acid first, then add a little bit of salt if it still needs something. If it's too spicy, a little bit of citrus juice can help to tone that down, or you might need to double some of the other ingredients to balance that out. A little bit of sweetness also helps to balance out spicy and umami 
as well. And umami. Let's not leave umami out of this. Umami is that savory taste that adds depth to dishes. Some people describe it as meatiness, but it's not just in meat. It's also in things like aged cheeses, like Parmesan cheese, tomatoes, especially cooked tomatoes, tomato paste, not fresh tomatoes, but tomato paste. It's in soy sauce or tamari. In Caesar dressing, Caesar dressing feels like it has so much depth because it has Parmesan cheese. It has anchovies. So you're layering salt. You have those umami flavors and then you have that lemon juice, which balances it out with some of that acidity as well. I have a Caesar dressing recipe on my website. It wasn't part of this. I actually didn't plan on it being part of this, but I guess that's your extra, extra, extra bonus recipe. A great Caesar dressing is awesome in the summer. So when you are creating sauces, experiment, remember taste, texture, temperature, and find what you love. Use this summer to find a few staple sauce recipes you love that can jazz up your basic meals. I hope you found this episode helpful. I loved recording this for you. I loved sharing my love of sauces with all of you. If you want more recipes, come and join us in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I am taking a social media break for the month of June. Mama needs a break after being a solo parent for a month. And I will be working on some big work projects behind the scenes in June as well. So the place that you will find me is within the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you have no idea what the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is, it is my community for mamas who want a little bit of help in making meals easier week after week, making meal planning easier. I share with you five seasonal meal ideas, recipes included to to your email inbox every single Friday. You will also get a grocery list and meal prep tips if you want to turn that into your meal plan. You'll also get access to our recipe vault with over 100 family-friendly real food recipes. I share cooking tips almost once a week. We also have community shares where we have discussions about everything from meals around holidays to podcast episodes and so much more. I also share one to two bonus podcast episodes with our podcast fan level. I share monthly recorded cooking classes with our executive chef level and a mix and match seasonal family meal plan. Spring is out now and summer is coming at the beginning of July. It starts at $3 a month. It is the best way to support this podcast, keep this podcast as low ad as possible. So benefits for you and benefits for the podcast. So head to patreon.com slash healthy mama Chris. You can get your first week free. Try it out. Check out a meal plan. Try out some of the recipes and get a bunch of the sauce recipes that aren't already on my website. Be sure to check out my website, healthymamachris.com. Check out the show notes for links to any of the recipes I mentioned that are on my website. And join me over on Instagram at healthymamachris. I will be back in July. All right, friends, I truly hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. I will catch you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Mommy's Podcast. Friend, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Healthy Mama Kitchen Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you love to listen to podcasts so you never miss a cooking tip. If you've been loving this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It truly makes a difference in how many other busy cooks find this show and lets me know what you're loving and want to hear more of. For show notes and links to all the recipes and tools I mention, head to healthymamachris.com slash podcast. 
For daily eats, cooking tips, and family-friendly shortcut dinner ideas, be sure to follow along over on Instagram at HealthyMamaChris. Remember, cooking for your family may not always feel easy, but it can be simple.